Welcome in. Good to have you. The Bill Michaels Show. We continue on and enjoying the day-to-day as we uh, talk a little more NFL. Hopefully, uh, you're also enjoying your day. Joining us now uh, on the hotline, our buddy Mark Schofield, SB Nation, is here. Mark, how are you doing today? I am doing well, Bill. It is great to be back with you. Always excited to come on. Uh, I got to admit, last weekend, if I was a betting man, and we do the show where we, you know, bet against the spread and such, but uh, I would have been uh, homeless last week. Uh, watching San Francisco fall to Cleveland, watching Philadelphia fall to the Jets, no undefeateds anymore. Uh, I don't know if it was an exciting weekend, but it certainly told us that this is what the NFL is supposed to be. Any uh, reaction to what went on last weekend? Yeah, uh, for, for the second week in a row, we do weekly picks uh, against the spread uh, at, at SB Nation each week. And for the second week in a row, I came in last. Um, so it's tough two week stretch for yours. Truly, certainly a chaotic week in terms of what we may have learned. You know, I think what we're seeing, and we've talked about this before this season, scoring remains down. We only had three teams, I think, that scored more than 24 points last week. Certainly, one of them, the Miami Dolphins, who remain an explosive offense. But you look at that Cleveland San Francisco game, and I think the major takeaway there is Cleveland's defense is the best in the league. You know, you could look at it in terms of metrics. You can just look at it in terms of watching them on film. They're fast. They're athletic. They go sideline to sideline. Jeremiah Wilson-Kamora, the, the linebacker, was all over the field on film. They seem to have figured out San Francisco's screen game. You know, people might say, well, is this a blueprint? I don't know if I'd go that far because Cleveland's also very good up front. They can get pressure with four. That's kind of the secret sauce for many good defenses, and I don't know if there are many, although I think there are some teams that could be able to duplicate that. But certainly a chaotic week. It was hard to make sense of everything that happened. You know, three interceptions from Jalen Hurts, that certainly sank Philadelphia's chances against the Jets. You know, now looking ahead, how much of this continues, how much of this goes on, or was this just a one-week blip? That remains to be seen, but definitely a chaotic week. So uh, the Packers had the bye week, and uh, I'll I'll get into this right away because the Packers have played some really bad football as far as the last three games and 12 quarters. Out of that, they've maybe played nine rather poorly and the rest okay, but uh, it's been kind of ugly. And now they go into Denver. Denver can't stop the run, uh, to say the very least, but the Packers have had one game in 21 days. What to me, if they lose this game, then all of a sudden all the wheels have fallen off, and the you know you can almost say the fan base will say the sky is falling. What do the Packers need to do in this contest to kind of redeem themselves? Well, as far as the opportunity for a get right game goes, it's hard to top this week because we're talking about a defense in Denver, which is by almost any measure, a historically bad defense, DVOA, for example, in the years since they've been keeping that statistic, this is the worst defense we've seen. So there's an opportunity for this offense to have that get-right game against this bad defense. And I think it starts with something that we've talked about the past two weeks, past couple of weeks now with Jordan Love. Take advantage of what the defense is going to give you. Keep yourself in manageable down and distant situations. I've seen some numbers, Jack Cruz, who covers – the Packers for a Packers wire was talking about how on sort of first and 10 or neutral down and distant situations, the completion percentage, the success rate from Jordan love is among the NFL's best where the wheels tend to come off for him. Second and long third and long. That's when the completion percentage just craters the success rate, the EPA per play just crater. You see it on film where 
you know, he's trying to make these aggressive throws downfield. And now in situations where you have to do it and the ball just isn't where it needs to be. So I think the recipe this week for Green Bay and this Packers offense, get yourself to second and four, get yourself to third and two, get yourself in these situations where, you know, if, you, if an opportunity presents itself downfield and he wants to remain aggressive, fine, but you don't have to do that. You're not forced into making these lower percentage throws downfield because as we talked about last week with that completion percentage number overall where it is that's not really a recipe for success in the nfl get him into these neutral down situations get him into these you know 32 situations which can become first and 10 where he's back among the league's best in terms of completion percentage and you should be able to do that against this denver defense so it's a get right opportunity for this offense I think they need to stay ahead of the chains as much as possible, do that, and they should be able to come out of this game with a fairly easy win. Um, I want to ask you also about Denver because we talked uh, with uh, Eric Goodman out of the Mile High City, and and he was saying that you know fans there are just completely disgusted. Things have gone wrong. Uh, Sean Payton was supposed to come in and turn this thing around. He very much was verbose in ripping Nathaniel Hackett the job he did. What do you see as going horribly wrong with that team and that franchise? Well, I mean, I do think it starts, Bill, with that defense. That defense, again, historically bad. And I think if that defense were just sort of league average, you know, I don't know if it would translate into a 5-1 and one record, for example, instead of a 1-5 and five record, but they'd be much better off than they are right now. You know, Wilson obviously has not been what they paid for. You know, when you, when they gave him that contract, you weren't hoping to get in return a quarterback near the bottom of the league in that first year. And he's been marginally better this year. There's been some semblance of improvement. Again, not anywhere close to what they thought they were getting and certainly not close to what they're paying for. But I think if that defense weren't as bad as it is right now, the conversation would be a little different. The record would certainly be different. The problem, though, is for better or worse, they're sort of stuck with Wilson. You know, Matt Warren at SB Nation dove into the numbers for us on Friday in the wake of their game, and the numbers are what they are. The contract is what it is. There's no easy way out from that from a financial standpoint. So, you know, they face a lot of difficult decisions in the, the weeks and months and years potentially ahead with respect to that contract. That's the main reason it's a bad situation. Of course, Peyton certainly didn't help it, fan in the flames, the way he did coming into this year. You know, was that an issue of him sort of, you know, game and expectations a bit? maybe saying, look, you know, I'm stepping into a bad situation. This is a mess and you know, try to go about it that way. That you don't know, but it's a bad situation in Denver. The defense, I do think, is the main culprit here, you know, but they're going to have to become sellers. There are ideas here in the next couple of weeks that, you know, certainly the receivers, Sutton and Judy, you know, you might want to move on from them and get what you can and start to put set yourself up for a, a tear down and rebuild in the next year or two. Even Patrick Sertan, incredibly talented corner. And there might be some teams like, say, the Detroit Lions, Philadelphia Eagles that might be looking at secondary help here in the next couple of weeks. You know, if you can get a first-round pick or a package of picks together for a player like that, as much as might be painful to do, it's going to have to be something you do to set yourself up for the long run. But right now at Denver, really no easy answers. Bad defense, quarterback that's not performing up to what you're paying for him. And now you're already down, what, four games in the division? It seems like it's not going to get any easier for them this season. The you Go back to something you said about Jerry Judy, and there's been some talk that maybe the Packers would benefit by putting a veteran in that wide receiver room. Is that a good thought, or would that stymie the development of the kids that are in there? 
I mean, I, I think it's a good thought with respect to developing the quarterback, you know, because I, I think a lot of ha- a lot of attention has to be paid to what what can you as an organization do to speed along and aid the development of Jordan Love. And as we talked about last week, added a veteran receiver who gives you that, you know, sort of other end of the, you know, throw perspective on what they're seeing, what they think needs to happen on a certain route or a certain concept or against a certain coverage. The more information you have at your disposal as a quarterback, the more informed you are, the more confident you'll be and the more successful you'll be. You know, I'm a firm believer in a confident and knowledgeable quarterback will be a successful one. And if a veteran receiver, Judy, Sutton, somebody else can aid Love's development, then I think it helps. Now, the addition of a receiver, you know, maybe it hinders a little bit of the development of receivers because, you know, maybe reps get taken away, targets get taken away, things like that get eaten into. But, again, you also have the knowledge that will come with that. The, oh, yeah, 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 I understand why you might want to think you should do this route or run this route or use that release. But against this coverage or against that leverage or – you know, when we're running this concept, this might be a better way to do it. There's certainly, again, that viewpoint, that, you know, experience that could help develop those receivers as well. And so, you know, I'm of a mind that the priority should be making sure you're getting the best version of love you can. And if you think a a veteran receiver is going to help in that regard, then you do it. And you hope that you still have enough targets, you still have enough time, you still have enough snaps and reps to spread out amongst the receivers to sort of help their development and not – take away from their development as well. We're more than a quarter away through the season. Uh, let's look at the AFC real quick. Obviously, there's Kansas City and Miami. Miami's team speed is just unbelievably overwhelming. Both of those teams sitting at 5-1. and one. Buffalo, I look at it, and I'm like, ah, I think the window is starting to close on that uh, opportunity to get to a postseason, to get to a Super Bowl in the postseason. I think maybe it was two years ago was their best opportunity when they got knocked off uh, in the postseason. And then you've got uh, a team like, say, Cincinnati, who's now won three straight. There's Baltimore winning their division. Give me your thoughts on how you would kind of handicap the AFC and what you've seen so far. I mean, I I think you start with Kansas City just because they they still have 15. They still have 87. You know, they're game changers at their respective positions. You know, I, I think they'll address potentially wide receiver. They might be another team that's in the mix for a receiver here as we get closer to the trade deadline at the end of the month. You know, but I think the experience that comes with them now, you might say, well, you know, the, the offense hasn't clicked as, as well as it could over the start of the season. I think they're going to be okay. Baltimore intrigues me just because they find ways to win. We saw that this weekend against Tennessee. You know, curious decision by Harbaugh right before halftime to decide, no, well, will pass on the long field goal from Tucker, but certainly one that he can make and just punt it away. They don't want to give Tennessee momentum. Well, they, they, they muff the punt return and you get the field goal anyway. It seems like things are kind of, you know, coming up aces for them right now. And so they're certainly an interesting team. You mentioned Miami speed. You know, that could be the ultimate X factor as we get down the stretch because what that speed has done is it has sort of instilled abject fear in the minds and hearts and, thoughts of defensive coordinators where they're seeing so many light boxes that their average per attempt on run plays is best we've seen in the past couple of years, if if not longer in the NFL, that speed has created opportunities in the run game. And so the old adage of, you know, throwing the ball and stuff is great until you get to the winter month until you're playing, you know, at Foxborough or, you know, at Buffalo or at the Jets late in the season where you might not have the conditions appropriate for throwing the ball. Well, that's when you lead into the run. 
and with the speed opening up light boxes for them and opportunities in the run game, that's going to serve them well down the stretch. Again, the Bengals, though, you know, because we've seen this record before. We've heard this song before. They start slow, but they find a way to get back to 500 now. Now they've got their bye. They have a extremely difficult stretch coming out of that bye, though, starting with San Francisco in two weeks. But I mentioned it earlier. Maybe if the recipe, the, the way to slow down San Francisco and Brock Purdy is getting pressure before with Trey Hendrickson, with Sam Hubbard, they can do that. You see their game against Seattle. A lot of pressure on Geno Smith, even with just four man rushes up front. They can continue to do that. That's certainly going to help them down the stretch, starting with that San Francisco game in two weeks. And then you look at the the NFC, and we know it's San Francisco and Philadelphia, although Philadelphia hasn't looked the same as they did last year. But I, I, I still look at San Francisco and say, okay, I, I think it's their time. What happened to Brock Purdy in that NFC Championship game last year may have tipped things, obviously, in favor of Philadelphia. If he's healthy, maybe things are different, but they still look like the best team by far, don't they? They do. They still do. And again, something we've talked about, the idea of having so many different ways to win games. You know, they can win games with their defense if they need to because of the talent they have on the defensive side of the ball. They have so many different, talented, diverse weapons on the offensive side of the ball. You know, we've seen, you know, Christian McCaffrey games, Brandon Ayuk games, George Kittle games. They just have so many different ways to win football games that it's hard to sort of even with that game against Cleveland, it's hard to sort of look at the NFC to look at San Francisco and say, oh, well, now they've been exposed or now we know how to beat Brock Purdy. They still have so much at their disposal to, to win football games. So, yeah, I mean, I think San Francisco, then Philadelphia, and then Detroit. And, you know, you look at the Lions' schedule the rest of the way, you know, they got this game against Baltimore. You know, they've got a game at the end of the season at Dallas. But other than that, they might be favored in every other game down the stretch here. They've got a very favorable schedule. And so things have certainly broken their way, not just, I think, in the North, but perhaps in the NFC for them. You know, because San Francisco and Philadelphia, they're going to play themselves. San Francisco has to play, for example, the, the Seahawks again. You know, Philadelphia is going to get a game against Dallas. They've got some tough games coming up. Meanwhile, Detroit's got the schedule they do. Those two teams at the top might beat up on each other, and you've opened the door for perhaps Detroit to sneak into that first overall seed in the one by in the NFC. Real quick, uh, going back to uh, Detroit, nobody's talking about them. They're just kind of looking at them, and everybody's kind of waiting for Detroit to go back to being Detroit. I think they've answered all the questions to this point, haven't they? I think so too, Bill. I mean, and I think this game this past weekend was one of those questions. Okay, now you've got a team in Tampa Bay that's been a little bit surprising. They're coming off of a bye. It's on the road. It's going to be, you know, one of the late afternoon games, so kind of a, you know, kind of a showcase event. The run game wasn't working. You know, they're trying to put it in Jared Goff's hands, Tampa Bay, and say, look, you go out and beat us, and what does he do? He does. You know, and I, I think, you know, if you were waiting for them to sort of slip up and have that, oh, you know, these are still the Detroit Lions kind of game, Sunday might have been that opportunity, and it didn't happen. And now you look at their schedule, I think it sets up really well for them over the rest of the season. Always great stuff, Mark. Enjoy it, and we'll talk again next week as the season rolls on, okay? All right. Thank you so much, Bill. Always a blast. We'll talk next week. Appreciate it, pal. There you go. Mark Schofield, SB Nation. You can get a hold of him on Twitter on X at Mark Schofield, S-C-H-O-F-I-E-L-D. And always a wealth of information. Always good to talk to you. Yeah, 
you always think about how if you went out and picked up a veteran wide receiver, what that would do to the youth of the wide receiver room. On the other hand, as he put it, he said, yeah, it may hinder one or two receivers. It may help them via study, but it will help the quarterback. Never really, I, I for maybe a brief second, I've, I, I considered that, but I never really thought that would be a reason to go get another wide receiver to, quote, help the growth of the quarterback rather than to help the wide receiving room. And because to me it was all about getting wide receivers, youth and inexperience, more experience, learn how to study. You find somebody with a really good knowledge of the game that's out there that could be tradable. And, um, yeah, it would be, you know, again, would it help the quarterback who is not great in certain aspects of the game? I don't think the Packers make a move. I think they hope that this all grows together, that suddenly the accuracy for Jordan Love over the middle, the accuracy for Jordan Love downfield, that all begins to hone in. I don't think you go out and get a veteran. Because let's be honest, if if it's the quarterback and he's not accurate anyway, what's going to change, right? I don't think the Packers go get a wide receiver. They just don't. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. If you want to find us, feel free. Go ahead and do so. Hey, if you're going to be watching maybe the Thursday night game coming up tomorrow night, a little entertainment downtown as well in Waukesha, Wisconsin. It's Nice Ash, theniceash.com. They've got good bourbons and whiskeys and a really big walk-in humidor if you're a cigar connoisseur of any type or a novice. That's, you know, that's fine, too. Uh, they've got hookahs, uh, if you like that. Or if you don't want any of that, that's fine. Just go down there and have yourself a, a beverage. They have all different types of new taps and local taps uh, down there each and every month. They have drinks of the month, and you can just go enjoy yourself, either listen to a little music or uh, maybe watch something on the tube. It is a great, great place to go. That's uh, theniceash.com. Nice Ash Cigar Bar, 323 West Main Street, downtown Waukesha, Wisconsin. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. All right, Team Pella, listen up. Thanks, Jan Kuhn. Customers love our products with limited lifetime warranties. Check out these big plays. Incredible innovations like blinds and shades between the glass. No interference on that play, coach. And stylish windows with hidden screens that make game days a breeze. Can it get any better? It can. With monthly payments as low as $19 per window, $75 per patio door, and a free quote at PellaWI.com. Let's go. Whether you're looking to replace older damaged windows and doors or just wanting to revamp the look of your home, Pella offers a wide range of styles and materials to match your home's unique design. Hurry, take advantage of monthly payments as low as $19 per window and $75 per patio door at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Get your free quote today at PellaWI.com. 6.99 APR for 120 months. Certain restrictions apply. See showroom for details. Offers at 
Coming up on uh, Sunday afternoon down at Northern Lights event venue, if you are uh, looking to maybe go watch uh, the Green and Gold, you can do it. Otherwise, if you have maybe a, a place that you're looking for a dinner of, say, you know, 75 people or less, uh, maybe a rehearsal dinner, a wedding reception, photo shoot, business event, whatever it happens to be, or maybe a holiday party, northernlightseventvenue.com. Northern, just take a look at it. I'm telling you, beautiful place, northernlightseventvenue.com. They can do different you know, screens and backgrounds. If you want to do some pictures, if you're going to do kind of a holiday party theme, you can do that. Uh, otherwise, like I said, rehearsal dinners, wedding receptions, business events. If you want to bring all your executives in and everybody's going to do a board of directors headshot, uh, you know, behind green screens or something, you can do that there as well. A lot of cool things they can do with that at, at this venue. NorthernLightsEventVenue.com. That's Northern Lights Event Venue. Dot com downtown Milwaukee right there on the walk uh, the, on the river walk so really really good stuff uh Aaron Rodgers who remains relevant as we all know um he was on the Pat McAfee show and had some things to say uh about the process because here's the big thing and I'd said this talking to Mark I said look I I in a, just a little while ago I said I didn't think that the Jets would be three and three I thought maybe they'd be either three and three two and four two and four more likely because they just had a juggernaut of a schedule for the first six games and we all know that and with the trade of Rodgers going there we kept looking over the fence saying okay you know we're gonna we're gonna see the same thing happen and there's gonna be this level of failure and you know we're gonna watch that train slowly come off the tracks well what they have done they win the first one, and now they've won a couple of ball games. And Zach Wilson looks like he might be getting it. Rodgers has been helping him out and kind of, you know, refurbishing his reputation in the locker room. And guys are starting to listen to what he has to say. And Sala is relying upon Rodgers. Rodgers is suddenly calling some plays. So there's this thought that Rodgers, on one hand, is doing this to keep the Jets relevant, to keep, excuse me, to keep them in it. So to say, hey, guys, I might be back. So if you guys go and win games that, you know, by the time I come back, we'll be right there ready for a postseason run. <coughs> excuse me. Otherwise, he could be doing it just to throw it out there to say, hey, don't give up on the season. Don't give up hope. You know, Zach can get you there, uh, what have you, and fight, and then I'll be back next year and we'll expound upon the record. But Rodgers is hell-bent on telling anybody who will listen he's going to be back. Here's what he had to say in the Pat McAfee show. Whoa! As you can see, I'm in rehab, rehab right now. We're in. Uh, we're about five weeks tomorrow since surgery. Five weeks yesterday was, uh, uh, was the injury. So the goal was, you know, the first goal was to be able to get back on the field for the October 1st game. Uh, I was hoping without crutches. I just wasn't actually anywhere close to to being able to, to get off of them. And then the next goal was to be able to throw on the field uh, on the 15th. It's really just for me to be able to feel more normal. You know, just to be back around the guys was incredible to be on the field without crutches, to be able to be on the sidelines, to be on the headset. Uh, it made me feel, you know, like I wasn't uh, so separated from the team. So really thankful for that. And yeah, obviously just about anything I do or say, uh, there's some sort of reaction uh, that's kind of uh, where I'm at right now, and I appreciate it. But that was a, a special moment for me to be able to feel a little bit more normal. Uh, in you know, five weeks has been really, uh, really tough, uh, not just physically, but you know, emotionally and spiritually. Emotionally and spiritually, it's been tough. Now that I agree with, 
I get it. You know, especially, I mean, anybody that's ever had anything like that, uh, even to where you've had, you know, something broke and you had to be on crutches or in walking boots and stuff. And believe me, science has come a long way. Medical science has come a long way. Um, going back to the days when I had um, knee surgery and such, and you're on crutches and in orbits and all that kind of stuff, uh, the halo, I should say. But, uh, but it's still a healing process. The body still has to heal. I know they can do different things to help the healing process along, but God, I just, his goal, as he said, was to be back on the field October 1st without crutches, to be throwing a football to feel normal again by the 15th. Um, There's no mention, though, of playing. It's a lot of, we'll wait and see, and, you, you know, I, I just, I know Adrian Peterson came back in, what, like six months or something like that from an ACL. I know T.O. miraculously healed himself in two weeks from a, a fractured uh, leg to play in the Super Bowl. Um, but we all saw that calf muscle pop. We all saw that that tendon, that Achilles tendon, pop and go up into the back of his leg. We all saw it. It wasn't like it partially torn and hurt. I mean, that thing went poop. We saw it. So, I, I can't. I mean, Grant, do you think he makes it back by the end of the season? Oh man, I. That's why the story is hilarious. Is is everyone's kind of like, well, maybe you know, you never count him out. You know, Roger, he's he's thinking outside the box, but if I had to put money on it, no, absolutely not. He's a, he's a 40-year-old quarterback who blew out his Achilles. But right. part of me wants to hold out hope because it would be a fascinating story, but it, it just seems so unlikely. Yeah, and, and that I agree with. It seems like it's just so far. I, I This is, if, if I had to sit here today and give you my prediction of how this is going to go, I would say that the Jets will remain semi-relevant. I still don't think that offensively they're that good. But they are after these first six games. The, the, the level of competition begins to subside a little bit. Uh, they still got to play Buffalo again, still got to play Miami again and such. So I look at it as they're going to remain semi-relevant and be on the outside looking in when it comes to the postseason. And so Rodgers then will say, well, you know, I just – I really tried to get back and tried to help the team. It just I, – I couldn't do it, you know. I, I'm following the orders of the doctors, which would be really, really funny at this point because he apparently doesn't follow any doctors and follow any real medicine. Uh, he's got his own thought and his own thinking and such. And, again, was ripping, I guess, Dr. Fauci, which that's another whole topic for another day. But I, I get the sense that it's going to go that way, that he's going to say, I really tried – and they just advised me, you know, hey, if it happens again, that it would take me longer, and I really want to be ready for next season as well. And, I, you know, hey, that team fought this year. There's a lot to build on, blah, blah, blah. I, I get the sense that's the way it's going to go, that it's going to be close but no cigar. You know what I mean? Do you, is, is that fair to say? Yeah, which that should be the case with a lot of injuries. Like, even when someone comes back on the on the typical timeline, they often don't look normal. They often don't look right. They need right. a little time to to acclimate. Like, remember when Rodgers came back from his collarbone in 
was that 2016? He came back against the Panthers and he just didn't have the arm strength to push the ball down the field. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The uh, now, correct me if I'm wrong. Is it his left leg, or is it his right leg? I can't remember off the top of my head. Is it his left leg or his right leg? I'm trying to replay the and that's play a huge in my difference. head because one's his plant leg. So exactly, exactly. The plant leg is the leg that takes most of the push and pivots and all that kind of stuff. So, I if it's the left leg, which if I saw him walking the other day, kind of hobbling a little bit without the crutches, I thought it was his left. I could be wrong. But if it's the left leg, maybe... And I believe it's the left. Maybe it, because you don't have to push off as much, and I, I don't know. I, it's still an injury. It's still he. It's he snapped the Achilles. I, I just, I'm sitting here trying to equate it in some way, shape, or form, and you just can't because it's just, it's not something where you just come back in you know three months and say, hey, I'm ready to go. I'm going to play football again, and I'm going to push off and run around, and I'm going to escape a rush. And I just, I can't believe it. I, I you know, anyway. Um, yeah, it just. Not, not going to happen. I, I just don't see it happening. I, th- I think it's going to be the quote, I'll be back uh, close but no cigar, and then I'll be back at it again next year. So, anyway. Uh, 877-867-1670MZ says, Roger still gets paid to do the Pat McAfee show every Tuesday. Does he really need more money? Um, Every player gets paid to do something uh, if their word is worth hearing. Uh, we went through this the other day. I don't care. I never, ever, ever, ever suspected he was not getting paid. I thought he'd probably be making about $10 million a year, to be quite honest with you. And it turns out it's a lot less than that. Because that's <laughs> a weekly appearance for an entire football season. That's, what, 23 weeks of the season? 20 23 weeks from beginning of now I, I think he used to do it from training camp on I don't know if that's still true I can't remember when he started but by the time you go through training camp preseason regular season postseason to Super Bowl it was like 23 25 weeks from the end of July through the second week of February do the math so I thought he'd be making a lot more so the whole thing with him getting paid I don't care I, I thought about it all I, I guess my question then becomes why do people get bent on that I, you know, your time's valuable. If you have to commit to something, you know, once a week, every week for 23, 24 straight weeks, don't you figure you'd be doing it? You, If somebody's going to pay you, to, you'd say, hey, I want to get paid to do it. Yeah. Now, whether you get paid a lot or a million or 50 bucks, well, I don't know. I don't know. We used to pay people to come on the huddle years ago to be the regular weekly guest. We used to do that. You know, now it was anything from gift cards to whatever. But, yeah, you know, it is what it is. So no problem at all. Let's do this. We'll step out. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. we got a lot more to get to. Our friends at Kane & Kane Jewelers, they say that this time of year is coming up. We all know that. If you're thinking about in any way, shape, or form popping that question, there's a place you go. Go get your ring there. Kane & Kane Jewelers because you can set up a private appointment. They can walk you through the process. They can show you all the different facets of – buying a diamond and how to buy it and what 
you know, baguettes are and what diamonds are and what four diamonds put together would look like with one diamond and blah, 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 and the prices and how it just, I don't understand that world, but they do. And that's what they get paid to do. And whether it's engagement rings, anniversary rings, wedding bands, sizing, uh, things for your wedding party, gifts this time of year, Kane and Kane, K-O-E-H-N, Kane and Kane Jewelers. They want to rock your world. They're located in West Bend, Wisconsin. Kane and Kane Jewelers. Go to Kane, K-O-E-H-N, KaneJewelry.com. That's KaneJewelry.com, located in West Bend. Andy and the staff are awesome people. And you can't call today because the phones, phone lines are down out there, I saw earlier. Uh, but uh, KaneJewelry.com, go to the website, make an appointment, and check it out. It is worth the drive to West Bend. More of the Bill Michael Show. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. guy man really good guy he's with exit realty and if you're in the five county area in the city of milwaukee or around that area or even washington county jefferson county walworth county whatever mikey whitcomb he can get it done he can get it done uh he all you gotta do is give him a call i mean i went through home after home after home man uh big time um and he kind of hung with me he was brutally honest but kind of hung with me and got the job done and was fantastic. And I can't say enough good things about him. That's Mikey Whitcomb and Exit Realty. 414-243-1976. He's the guy to go to. 414-243-1976. He's a biker. He's brutally honest at times, but he gets the job done. He's going to fight for you on both sides, whether you're selling or buying. That is Mikey Whitcomb and Exit Realty. Really good people and a good stuff. 414-243-1976. He's based right there in the uh, Germantown. The Germantown Mequon area. So uh, that's where he's at, but he covers everything. 414 243 1976. Mikey Wick. Good, good stuff. Um, the uh, yeah, Thank you, Ronald and Pac Fan and everybody saying, yeah, absolutely. It was uh, the left foot. I thought so. I wasn't 100% sure when, uh, when it comes to Aaron Rodgers and the popped Achilles. Um, to. Uh, uh, MZ says, uh, what do you think of McAfee calling the sports media columnist who reported the, uh, that he pays Rodgers a million dollars to uh, do the show a rat on the air last week after news spread on social media? I think it's cowardly. I think it's gutless. Why? Who cares? I mean, all that stuff gets reported at some point or another. Every contract gets reported. Who cares? So I'm, I'm with you about calling him a rat. I don't think that was called for. But I do. I'll defend McAfee a little bit, Bill. I think people come after him for things like that. Whereas if we learned that, you know, the Fox NFL Sunday pregame show paid a guest a million dollars, like no one would care. But for whatever right. reason, when McAfee does stuff like this, people do get after him a little bit. So I'll, I, I don't no, know. I, I sympathize with him a bit. Well, when McAfee skyrocketed over the last three years, four years, right? Um, I mean, I remember Super Bowl, God, three, four years ago. It was maybe right before or right after COVID. I can't remember. But he, you know, he had a set. It wasn't huge. And he was doing a uh, a show outside of Super Bowl. He wasn't the Radio Row guy then. And then all of a sudden he burst onto the scene. And then it was not this past year, but the year prior, suddenly he had massive money. I mean, he had the he had by far. 
bigger than CBS, bigger than Fox, bigger than than NBC Sports, bigger uh, all of them. I mean, his set and what he brought and what I think it, is, is he with DraftKings? Who's he with? Do you know? McAfee, I think, is with FanDuel, right? That's who we got the big FanDuel, deal from. Thank you very much. FanDuel, yes, you are right. Um, it, FanDuel put together this massive set. I mean, it was like, holy crap, something that I had never seen on Radio Row before. And so anyway, long story short, it was uh, he burst onto the scene with money. And the popularity grew so much so that ESPN bought it. They figure, okay, we can't fight it, so let's buy it. And that's what they did. So when you do that, that kind of stuff is going to come under scrutiny. I mean, now he's making money. He's got a big contract. He's doing college game day and stuff now. And, you know, it's just it's more exposure for the show, which pays more money into the recognition of FanDuel and sponsorship. So I, I get it. I understand it. Um, I don't have a problem you know, with with paying a guest. It's it's you know, if we if we had the budget to do it, we would do it on the consistent. You know, it is what it is though. But I don't know why he gets bent about it. Um but you're right, nobody'd care. But we all talk about, you know, we find out how much money Joe Buck and Troy Aikman are making. We find out how much money, you know, uh, Tony Romo's making. We still know what the contracts are for Terry Bradshaw and and everybody there, I mean, I, I don't understand why it's a big deal. You would assume that going back in the day they were, you know, paying all the caricatures that they had on that show, um, you know, money as well. I mean, they weren't doing it out of the goodness of their hearts. And some say that the issue in paying a subject is that it innately restricts the flow of information. Would Aaron Rodgers appear on the Pat McAfee show if Pat was asking him tough questions he didn't want to answer? No, and he's not going to. Pat McAfee is never going to ask him tough questions. Never. They're buddies. The only reason Rodgers agreed to do that was because he was safe there. And he he answers questions. Somebody said that Aaron Rodgers is a bowl of word salad. That's a great description. You just got to figure out what he's trying to actually say sometimes. And you, you now um, – you now have to ask uh, some follow-up questions to Rodgers because he has led you down a path that wasn't fully true. He led you to believe what you wanted to think but says, well, I never said that. This is what I said. And then when it comes out, he can, he's, got a, he's got an escape. He's always got the escape behind it. So, but it's like, who cares? No, you're never going to have like, – it's just like Fox, okay? He sits down and does an interview. Now, he doesn't get paid for it, but he sits down and does an interview with Aaron Andrews. Almost every year he does. Aaron Andrews hasn't asked a tough question since she was probably a no-name local reporter somewhere. She's into hugging, and uh, she called him America's sweetheart. I about fell out of my chair. So I look. I'm you know. I, I, who cares? <laughs> I just I you know I you know what you're going to get when he's on the McAfee show, and McAfee in part owes Rogers a lot of gratitude because Rogers really, when he started doing that show over the local stuff, um, it blew up much like when Favre used to talk. Favre used to say something, and it could be the most innocuous thing. 
ever ever said, but because it came out of Favre's mouth, everybody paid attention to it. And now, because of some of the stuff that's gone on in Favre's past since he retired from football, people look at it as, yeah, you know, whatever, you know. But Rodgers is relevant, and when Rodgers' relevancy comes to comes to the forefront, people pay attention. So I would assume that the streaming numbers go way up on a Tuesday when Aaron Rodgers makes his appearance. Also, you know, give McAfee a little bit of credit. They're buddies. They have a good yeah. relationship. Yep. It's not like he's completely, at least I don't think, using Rodgers for clicks. They seem to like each other, but you get the business, Bill. Like, when you operate at that high of a level and there's that much money, of course Rodgers isn't going to do it for free. He would be dumb not to. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like I said, if you're going to commit to – it's one thing if you're going to say, hey, you want to join us on Tuesdays when you can? Sure, if I can, I will, you know. But there's other times where you're like, you know, hey, if I'm going to do this every Tuesday, you're going to pay me. And let's be honest, only paying Aaron Rodgers a million bucks for a year, you're getting off light. That's money well spent for for the engagement and and the clicks that McAfee gets, 100%. You are getting – yep, you are getting off light for what he probably charges anybody else to do something. Because you've seen some of the numbers for the the uh, uh, the Ford commercials and that watch company that he he's fronting now, the State Farm commercials, all of that stuff, all that stuff. Although I will say this, uh, over all of his comments, whether it be vaccination or what have you, and some of the other things that he's gotten into, um, you don't see him anymore. He's not a pitchman anymore. State Farm dropped him. Ford dropped him. Uh, there's there's companies that have said, we don't want to be a part of that. But then again, he's making so much money, he don't care. He's like, okay, whatever. Who cares? You know? So, anyway. Uh, let's do this. We'll step away. We'll take a quick break. Come back. More of the Bill This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. All right, Team Pella, listen up. Thanks, John Kuhn. Customers love our products with limited lifetime warranties. Check out these big plays. Incredible innovations like blinds and shades between the glass. No interference on that play, Coach. And stylish windows with hidden screens that make game days a breeze. Can it get any better? It can. With monthly payments as low as $19 per window, $75 per patio door, and a free quote at PellaWI.com. Let's go. Whether you're looking to replace older damaged windows and doors or just wanting to revamp the look of your home, Pella offers a wide range of styles and materials to match your home's unique design. Hurry, take advantage of monthly payments as low as $19 per window and $75 per patio door at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Get your free quote today at PellaWI.com. 6.99 APR for 120 months. Serve restrictions supply. See showroom for details. Offers at 1031 Welcome back in. Good to have you. Bill Michael Show. We uh, we continue on. Hey, if you are, uh, and I've said this before, I look, it, we all know it's getting colder. And the uh, Master Z's, man, uh, they've got the stuff for indoor fun now. If you want to do bars, bar stools, pool tables, they, they are the, the biggest, largest dealer in the state of Wisconsin of pool tables. And I'm talking quality stuff. 
Uh, you can get stuff that's budget-friendly. They can finance it for you as well. But pool tables, shuffleboards, table games, they've got it all. Go to Master's Ease in, on Blue Mountain Road in Brookfield. Call them, 262-746-5931. They have an incredible selection over there. you got to go into that showroom and see it. It's huge, huge showroom. And as they say, you can uh, you know see it today and have it tomorrow. That is Master's Ease on Blue Mountain Road in Brookfield. Coming up after the top of the hour, you, uh, if you didn't catch him in the very first hour of the program, you're going to get him now. Eric Goodman of the Mile High Sports uh, is about as blunt as blunt can be about the Denver Broncos, the next opponent on the docket for the Green Bay Packers. You're going to want to hear that conversation. We're going to, I, we regurgitate some things, not all the time, but this one you're going to want to hear because uh, when it comes to uh, Russell Wilson and Sean Payton, it is no holds bar. Uh, I'll tell you that right damn now. So that's coming up next after the top of the hour. Uh, Let's do this. Uh, Also, hey, I want to remind you, if you're in the lacrosse area, and I'm getting people that are, uh, you know, kind of saying hello and emailing and such, uh, we're going to be at Flipside Pub and Grill tonight. Cannot wait. Flipside Pub and Grill. Looking forward to it. There are already people that have been over there for a while, from what I understand. I had a couple of the people from WKTY come in and say, hey, there's already people that are kind of there. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. This should be this should be a cool crowd tonight. They're all coming out for, uh, you know, for Scott Emmerich from WXOW. Not for me. They, nobody gives two dams about me. I can do the show in the bathroom and nobody would care. But we're going to be there tonight. The Huddle live tonight, 6 to 8. We're going to be at Flipside Pub and Grill here in La Crosse, and I am excited to do it. Scott Emmerich, I'm excited to see him, too. Going to have him 7 o'clock tonight, 7 o'clock hour, 7 to 8. So come on out and say hi. Myself, Mike Clemens. Grant Bills in the first hour of the program. And then after that, Scott will join us and uh, take us the rest of the way, make some picks with us tonight. God, it's going to be a lot of fun. Stay tuned. Eric Goodman, Mile High Sports. You're going to want to hear him talk about the Denver Broncos in this upcoming matchup next on the Bill Michael Show.